0: Welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. So today my guest is Rigel Walsh, also known on Twitter as Z. Welcome, Rigel. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Rigel, I've seen some really cool stuff you've been doing in terms of the threads you did on basically censorship resistance. Uh, but perhaps we should just start with a bit of background about you.
1: Sweet as. Um. So, my, my kind of professional background and who I am, I guess. Um, so, not long out of school, I joined the police. I did that for 10 years. I was also in the army part-time kind of before and, and during a little bit. So, that's kind of my professional career, I guess. Um, uh, I now run a program which helps entrepreneurs get some government funding and start their business. So, I'm kind of like a, a teacher really is my kind of day job, if you like. Um, as far as crypto goes, um, I got my first Bitcoin late 2014. Um, I'd I, guess I kind of heard the name band around a few times before then but never really looked into it what kind of sold me um originally was I read an article about the aftermath of the Silk Road trial um and you know kind of I guess having my background know what I'm knowing um I thought man this is a quite a significant political development when you think that something like that could um operate at that scale you know more or less in in plain view and there wasn't anything they could do about it so i thought well this is going to be a a pretty game-changing um technology so i jumped on tour and had a look around and and started looking to bitcoin and got my head around it and um yeah like pretty much everyone else as soon as you start going to the rabbit hole on bitcoin you know you're lost down there forever um and so since then you know i've been getting a bit further on the space in 2015 16 i started looking at altcoins and things like that and exploring it um but I you know, never really made a big deal out of it, and have a Twitter profile or anything like that, because my opinion in crypto, why would you, <laughs> unless you've got a good reason? Um, but like 2017 rolled around, and um, as we know, things started taking off a lot quicker than I was initially expecting they would. So I kind of figured, well, if I don't get involved now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Um, so I initially just started selling hardware wallets just as a way to kind of get um, in touch and... Get a bit more of a contact and network going on with people here um off the back of that i used some of the money i made um last year to travel to quite a few conferences this year and so really i've just been trying to figure out what the best place for my skills and my abilities are um and um this is kind of the natural progression of that i guess well i'm also trying to very slowly get my skill up in programming and move in that direction um so that's kind of me yep so let's now go into
0: some background on what are these products that you've been fiddling around with so just tell us a little bit about
1: the Gotenna and the Samurai Wallet cool so Gotenna is a um, like a, a mesh network a radio mesh network device that um in layman's terms, and look, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert on some of the subtleties of, um, of Gotenna, but more or less it's a device that lets you communicate um, with other cell phones, primarily that's what it's designed for, um, when there is no network connectivity. So you could be out in the middle of nowhere or somewhere with no cell network, and um, you connect your phone to one of these devices via Bluetooth, and it can talk to other devices. Um, as I said, it's like a radio sort of system. So depending on the logistics and the... Um, uh, the topography of where you are, um, you know, that can be, as, as I kind of got, found out, it can be six plus kilometers. It can be kind of shorter in urban distances. But it's more just a way to, to broadcast short, small messages between phones using this sort of technology. So that's what Gotenna is. Um, they have started working with a Bitcoin wallet called Samurai Wallet that I've been a fan of um, for a little while now. Um, Samurai Wallet's run by a couple of guys who are the developers of it. It's um, got, got a focus on. Um, Privacy, anonymity, self sovereignty, maybe. I mean, they'd be in a better position to me to say exactly what they stand for. But as an outsider, um, I just thought that their approach and what they offered was much more in line with my personal philosophy on on Bitcoin and what it's about than pretty much any other the other ones out there on the market. So yeah, I was a bit fan of it already. Um, then I saw they were working together with this GoTenner, and so they've produced this uh, app called TXtenner, which is just a, a smooth way to um, use Samurai to create a transaction and then broadcast it through Gotenna um, to a um, internet connected device. So, in, in a really simple way, you can use Samurai to write a, um, generate a Bitcoin transaction. You can then send it via GoTenner if you don't have the internet, Um, as long as a mesh network has someone in there with an internet connection, it will bounce around, find that out point and get out to the internet. So you can send a Bitcoin transaction without having an internet connection through that method.
0: Fantastic. And now I've seen on Twitter you did some threads where the really cool thing you did was actually you did what was probably the world record transaction for Bitcoin over the longest uh, distance, 12 kilometers, without any cell network or an internet connection so maybe you want to talk us through how did you go through the process of setting
1: that up cool um so i saw go tenor or the text thing announced i think it was june It was much earlier on in the year um i went out and bought for go i didn't actually <laughs> do my homework enough and thought it was pretty much ready to go or that you could almost kind of get it going already so I've had four of these units sitting around for since June-ish, I think. Um, So as soon as it got released, um, I was pretty keen and and, kind of itching to to get out there and um, start using it. So I kind of already thought about doing this, and when it got released, I was pretty much ready to go. Um, So what I did was I thought, well, um, looking into it, these things um, have a... If you go by GoTennis standard, they've got a range of around 6.4 kilometres in um, kind of ideal open conditions. I think that's like a desert environment. Um, And they say it's more like 0.8 in an urban environment. So obviously, unobstructed, clear sort of, you know, land or topography was the ideal one. So I thought, well, I'll see if I can find somewhere that provides the best setup for that um luckily in Auckland my hometown there's um there's quite a few kind of um they used to be extinct volcanoes kind of large hills really um in the area uh so I mapped out a way where I could you know as close to that 6.4 as possible um bounce through a few of those and just see if I could get it going um initially I was since I got four units I was going to try and see if I get uh, about 19.2 kilometers which is I think 6.4 times three so I mapped that out um enlisted the health of my lovely uh, patient girlfriend to give me a hand with us. Um, so what I did was um, mapped it out and then we went and um, I more or less uh, left her sitting on the top of one of the hills there with um, with her phone and the um, and the uh, the app running and a go-tenner. Then I went out um, 5.6 kilometers at a time or roughly that, so each league, tried to send a transaction if that one worked um, I left another one there I left a go GoTenna there I should say in a relay mode so you can set it so it's basically just a, a passive listening station if anyone sends anything in the area, it will just relay it onto another GoTenna so tried the first one from 5.6ish kilometers I think it was that worked cool off to the next till which was um, slightly longer uh, 6 plus kilometers uh, 7 kilometers actually I'm looking at it now um, so so went to that one and then sent another one from there and that worked. So travel from me to the relay I left in the first mountain, then from there got bounced onto my girlfriend uh, and that was 12.6 kilometers away. So that was pretty cool, pretty impressive. Um, I then went on to another one, which was, um, uh, really up, it's up a massive hill and it's about 7.15 kilometers away try that and unfortunately that didn't go through um that sounds like it could have been an app issue there but um you know obviously i'm still i'm pushing it a little bit beyond what they say they can do anyway at that stage um so uh yeah that was kind of how i stepped through walked through that one there um uh, just on that note look um if you go on the go tennis site some people have pulled off some amazing distances like i think 30 plus miles Um so, yeah, some of them do things like skydiving so they got pretty good line of sight and all that but it's quite possible that you can get a lot further than what i've done so um yeah
0: right yeah and so what other limitations did you run into Was it most, mostly just a distance thing or what um
1: so for that one uh where i was just trying out primarily the distance yeah um you know it's it's it, a little, a little fiddly at the stage, not not terrible. I mean, the UX is, is definitely all right, but you know, just a little annoying with a few things about um, uh, trying to cop around transactions. The other one that's the big problem is, um, well, not not really a problem, but the setup that I had. So I just had one UTXO that I'm trading these transactions out of, um, and uh, if you don't have a internet connection and you've already broadcasted, of course, as far as your uninternet connected phone is uh, aware that transaction that it's composing a new, tra- like UTXO that's composing a transaction from is unspent. So if you've sent one out to the network, your phone doesn't know that that UTXO is no longer valid, um, even though the network thinks it is. So we'll keep re-referencing the old UTXO. So so that's something which um, I believe they're, they're looking at some ideas about getting back to but it just kind of means unless you've got multiple um, UTXOs in your wallet that you can draw from or you're smart about the way you set that up, you kind of need to get an internet connection or re-reference it. So I had to do that. I had to just connect my phone between each transaction to... You know, kind of um, sync the UTXO state, if you like, so that I could send another transaction. So so that, that that was a little bit of a limitation. But beyond that, it was pretty, you know, I was very surprised about how smooth it was to do it.
0: Yeah, sure. And then how about the cost in terms of equipment?
1: Um, I mean, um, oh God, I can't remember what I paid for these things. Uh, They're around about um oh 150 new zealand so around 100 us dollars a unit i mean if you buy more it's cheaper that sort of thing yeah you need to go double check that price but it's around about that so i mean obviously there's the four units that i bought you know a bit of gas and that driving out to the the places um but apart from that it was super cheap i mean i use like some clothes pegs and some all kind of army camouflage stuff to just not not so much to try and be a ninja but just to um avoid anyone stealing my um go while i wasn't there uh, but apart from that yeah it's pretty pretty cheap you know and the infrastructure to to uh deploy something like that is uh, when you look at what the distance that can be achieved is um pretty good value for money yeah and then how about keeping them charged so um, I haven't, actually, this is one thing I've, I um, keep forgetting to, to do is um, one thing I want to do when I do another update on these is just test what is the battery life. Supposedly, um, Goten says 24 hours, um, and I'm guessing, obviously, that the um, workload that you put on it would affect that. But I mean, the big advantage of these things is they've got just a nice kind of um, micro USB input. So if you had a conventional cell phone battery, um, you could plug it into that, you know, maybe a solar charger. So you could extend that battery life by quite some time and, and possibly infinitely if you had a um, solar setup that was reliable.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And now I think you were also working with the Gotenna and Samurai support teams just on that. Do you
1: want to elaborate a little on that? Yeah, sure. So um I... um hit up um, TDEV or um, not Samurai Wallet, the other um, anonymous uh, Samurai developer um, on the team there about a few things. Um, I think he actually hit me up when I said I was originally... Originally, I was going to try and do this while I was overseas with the Blockstream satellite because, uh, as you might be aware down here, we can't get that at the moment. Um, so I think I posted a thing that I was... had a photo that I was going to do that and he made contact and said, "I'll oh, let me know if you get any results. Um, so as soon as I... Did the first lot from memory or before i did that's right yeah no i hit him up beforehand and um just had some issues with the pairing and a few little kind of salties that he helped sort me out with and um through the whole experiment i've just been kind of relaying to him about little ux things that i found or stuff like that There, so uh, really super communicative uh, communicative for those guys and, and really really helpful um the go tenor guys as well um I've uh, recently had some contact from Richard Myers, who's the head of decentralization, I think is his title there, but he's kind of the guy on the GoTenner end that's working on this project. And he's been super helpful with a few um, little subtleties. But also there, um, we've got what they call the GoTenner Mesh Network, which is a forum that they have there. Um, and uh, that um, that's really super helpful on there. When I first got them, I couldn't, uh, you had to update the firmware on them and I, um, they weren't updating and I thought well, if I broke this thing or something like that and um, so I posted on the forum and um, straight away I had a, um, someone from the support their support uh, team hit me up it was in about six hours um, and a lot of help on the forums and had it sorted straight away so pretty communicative and pretty involved and, and helpful on the GoTender end as well
0: Alright um, let's talk about this other the second story which I think is even more interesting now you were, the idea here was to test it out in even more hostile environments, such as a prison, or just in cases where you need to obfuscate the IP, such as using a work or cafe Wi-Fi to broadcast the transaction. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so
1: um, I wasn't trying to be you know, James Bond or anything here. And I mean, I guess it's probably an important caveat to say like right here that um, what I was doing was by no means trying to be... Uh, in-depth or a a uh, (laughs) step-by-step guide of how to do some sort of um, anonymous or or sneaky sort of use of Bitcoin. It was just more like, um, uh, I think think a lot of these things with censorship resistance, we still don't really, we've got a couple of hypothetical ideas, but we still don't really know when and where that scenario is going to look like. And so to try and preempt it, I think is a little silly on my part. I just kind of thought, well, let's try some, some obvious uses that would come to my mind about this and just go through them as, as more like a a fun kind of exploration and see what uh, what we can do. So the first one, uh, what I tried was to um, see if you wanted to broadcast a transaction without going through your personal IP address or node. And, um, and again, uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend here that I can talk about all the subtleties of um, de anonymizing Bitcoin transactions through chain analysis, um, the the um distribution of um uh the transactions to nodes and you know, things like dandelion is is looking at um but you know I'm aware that obviously there's there's some um uh, some kind of tentative research or ability for certain people to try and um link tr- uh, bitcoin transactions to IP addresses um and also you know this hypothetical um, apocalyptic scenario I'm dreaming at there might be something where um you're in a hostile state and um. Broadcasting a Bitcoin transaction from your IP address or from your cellular device might not be a smart idea for a host of reasons. So my thing was, well, can you use this as a way to kind of add an extra layer of anonymity between your device and your transaction and the IP address that it's being broadcast from? So what I did was I um, used an office space that I've got access to and the Wi-Fi password for, and I um, got the GoTenners and stashed them in a couple of just, uh, you know, the first things that came to my mind about sneaky places I've seen things hidden in, in the past. Um, so one of them was I'd kind of taped a, a go-tenner and a phone together and a snap Ziploc bag kind of in the underside of a toilet. Um, the other one I kind of stashed the go-tenner inside a, um, a network um cable plug outlet so kind of inside the wall and the other and the phone to relay it uh, behind a painting on the wall and then just went about 500 meters up the road I didn't go too far out but just to see if i could get some distance and um, send a transaction that worked fine um so so i mean the whole idea with that was um here's here's you with wanting to send a bitcoin transaction not wanting to link it to your device or your ip address um some friendly actor who um, has access to a um Wi-Fi password might be able to get a throwaway phone like I had, so about forty dollars worth, and a tenor and secrete it somewhere within Wi-Fi range, and so that more or less opens a an open Wi-Fi access point, if you like, for someone to send a Bitcoin transaction through, and and of course with the advantage of the GoTenner is they can get access to that point you know, well beyond the range of Wi-Fi, so you know theoretically looking at what I did before, they could be five kilometers away and broadcast to this hidden um relay point that's um connected to someone else's wi-fi and that could be a, a kind of a sneaky way that you could bypass something where um uh, you know, a state level actor or you know again i'm, I'm just making this up as a go, state level actor or a um uh, some something to do with the um cellular infrastructure network um, was in some way trying to prevent you um sending a bitcoin transaction so so that was that one the next one i tried was um uh going to a um, uh, like a, a prison-type setup. Um, so, you know, I've worked in that environment before and um, I kind of tried to think of the, the closest replica of that, that I could find um, around where I live here. There's a, uh, a set of tunnels that used to be used in Second World War, First World War for, for guns and stuff that the Japanese were going to invade. They were going to blast them from artillery in these um, setups in the hills. So they're kind of concrete tunnels that go under the um, under the helm. There's quite a bit of... Um, kind of tunneling or, or concrete range and, and um, underground space between you and the outside wall. So I thought, well, that's a about as close a replica as you're going to get um, out there. So uh, what I tried with that one was I went inside, you know, just down the tunnels until I got to a point where there's no cell phone reception. So I thought, well, this is about as good a, a replica as you're going to get about you know, that environment in one way that uh, a cell phone's not going to be a, a useful um, tool in that space. So I then got there, connected with my go-tenant to my girlfriend who was outside and got her to move um, a series of um, distances back and then kind of went out and checked, you know, hey, did that go through or not? Um, so, yeah, that worked. At, I think the first one was about 80 meters, then about 200, and then all the way down the bottom of the hill, which was, um, yeah, I think, point five or something like that. So a longer distance. Again, I didn't try it much longer. But obviously, it can travel through. Um, concrete, laser concrete, um, underground, that sort of thing there. So, again, if you had a hostile environment where you were denied telecommunications access, um, look, I've certainly in my previous career seen some sneaky things that have been used um, in in those setups, and I just want to see if this could be a a complementary tool in a a setup like that. And, um, yeah, it certainly seemed to work. Uh, The last one I tried was going back to that... um, kind of covert relay with some Wi-Fi what I did was I there's a cafe um, that I know that I've got the Wi-Fi password for um, so what I did was I did something slightly more discreet than the um, original one in the office block where I kind of hid it in a sock with a Ziploc bag and chucked it in a bush uh, within Wi-Fi range of that cafe and then went up the road and tried sending some using that as a relay point um, had some issues when it was ground level didn't seem to travel very well like not over 200 meters there but um uh, when I went uh, put it up in a tree, tried it again, it worked fine. So, so again, you know, just just playing around, really. And I'm not pretend this is some you know step by step guide to you know do something sneaky or whatever. But it's just we well, trying to get the conversation going and um, show what was possible with this, and it was quite surprising how successful it was.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny how you, in your thread you've got the picture there, and you can you've got it highlighted there in red or just a little red circle around it, showing okay, here's where I've hidden it in mm-hmm. the tree.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty 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 covert it was more again not trying to say this is this is the way you hide stuff guys or anything but um just that you could have something which was pretty invisible to the eye that would be doing the job um on standby it was pretty cool all
0: right and and with the tunnel example or the concrete how much of a limitation on the range did you find
1: well it didn't seem to have much at all um just going back to my thing here just so i can refresh myself on how long that actually was um um, so that the longest one I did was 200 meters and um, I didn't have any issues with that so I mean who knows I again it's, it's, it's a time thing of doing this both times taking me about five or six hours to do so I've got to especially when I'm getting help from someone else you've got to be kind of conscious of their time so I don't want to Try this out again and again and again, but um, you know, this was if you look at the photos, it was a good distance and um, you know, well through all the um, interference by that stage. So, look, I'd say I got two hundred meters, but I'd say that you could easily have got a kilometer um in that environment there. And um, one of the big tests I want to find with that first example where I was in at mountain mountain was um. Okay, so they can say that you know if you've got a, a clear line of sight and good elevation, it works well. But what about interference from um, you know, urban environments? I've got no idea exactly about what level that would be, but I just want to see if you know, having houses around would it reduce the range, and it clearly didn't seem to. So, um, you know, that's that example there could have gone for a lot longer, from what I can see. And you know, if it's a real issue, it wouldn't be too hard. What I just talked yeah. about, secrete one on relay mode somewhere around two hundred meters away, and then step it out. So yeah.
0: Do you have any ideas on future experiments that you would want to do in censorship resistance?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I uh, actually got a message from Nick Zabo, which was pretty cool. Um, following the the post that I made about it, um, he, I'd actually seen this mentioned, uh, but I didn't think it was going to be applicable. But he and his, uh, I believe it's his wife, Elaine. Um, they're working on a thing with high frequency radio, so very similar idea to to the Gotenna thing, but um, obviously in a much longer range. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to get my head around high frequency now, but you can do some pretty impressive distances with it. So I, I want to do a few more things with Gotenna. I want to try it like drones and a couple of other ideas about you know getting it elevated and some and and a little bit of stuff that's a little bit more rigorous about establishing some distances and trying to get some sort of Credible data about um, you know uh, yeah, where this works. That uh, you know, some, some, get some homework down, some numbers and s- stuff for people. But um, the, certainly, the next thing I want to try and work on is that um, actually. Um, looking at um, some pretty impressive distances. When you come from New Zealand, obviously one thing that's in the back of your mind is our internet comes through a couple of cables from overseas and if they were cut or something happened with that, we would be in an interesting situation as far as the internet and, and Bitcoin goes. Um, so this is a way where potentially you could send it you know, quite some significant distances overseas. And so that's the next thing I want to look at is trying to work with HF radio and building on.
0: Oh, fantastic. No, that's great. And then, in order to enable that, do you have any? Now that you've gone and done some of these experiments, do you have any thoughts on how the tech or the Bitcoin products need to kind of evolve to
1: enable this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, um, look, one thing to me about like kind of, I guess what what Bitcoin's about, and I've I've kind of definitely seen this year was um, I um, went to building on Bitcoin um, this year, and uh, one thing that really kind of blew me away going there was, um, you know, as an outsider and, and especially someone that's not, you know, and that and deeply enmeshed in the tech side of things, you think this is this, you know, monolithic technology that, um, you know, there's all these barriers to you getting involved and in making contribution. And um, one thing I really saw at Building on Bitcoin was um, it's still such a grassroots open thing, you know, it's just up to people to... Pick up a shovel, and shovel, and start digging if you like. Um, so, kind of what I would like to see myself and what I want to try and contribute to a bit more is um, things like this that that keep the conversation about not not Lambos and making shitloads of money or whatever, but but keeping it focused on what the original idea of this stuff was, which was you know um, censorship resistance. Um, making sure, you know, that um, giving users sovereignty over their funds and making sure that it is, you know, truly decentralized, if you like. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just anything that's going to feed onto that. That's what I want to try and myself play my little part to do. Um, so you know, I love things like Wasabi. What they're doing, um, certainly, I think the Samurai guys, um, the efforts that they're making, the direction they're trying to take stuff, is sort of benefit. And and what I've really liked about both those products, uh, apps, or whatever you want to call them, is um. This same thing, I guess, with I Miyataki's. Mean, well, there's there's a philosophy behind this. You know, it's not just like a plain vanilla app um, that's trying to make it as user friendly as possible. It's we're going to incorporate these features or we're not going to incorporate these features because this is the the vision we have for this technology and what it's about. And by using this, you know, you can. Uh, you know bring yourself and your use into line with this philosophy if, if it's the one that you think is right for you
0: okay and i think you know detractors or maybe you know as a devil's advocate question maybe they they might say well look are you, are you just LARPing? are you just live action replaying about censorship resistance
1: yeah i mean i, I look it's a valid point and like i said look i'm not, I'm not here trying to be some some ninja or with or some um opsec expert here trying to show people how to do this stuff and and let's be honest you know kind of what i'm doing is is more fun or you know you could even describe it as like laughing or whatever but i mean i think if the the whole idea is you know with censorship resistance and and some of these uses for it um we don't know when or where exactly i mean there's certainly some visible in the world today but we don't know what those ultimate you know things are going to be for and unless someone's getting out there and doing the homework now um about this sort of stuff, like, finding, can it work? Does this work? Does this does this not work? Um, what, which sort of sort uh, of situations is it suitable for? Yeah, when it's needed, that information is going to be there. Or it's going to be far too late to find it out. So, yeah, again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not pretending to, to know um, or instruct people on um, how this works. I just see, look, hey, someone's going to get out there and do the work for this. Um, I'm going to try and, as I said, you know, pick up a shovel and start digging, doing my own little part that i can play for this at the kind of early stage that i'm at um so yeah i mean i think it's it's what i would like to see is is this and it's, it's great that it seems to have you know hit a nerve with some people and there's a bit of groundswell and, and interest in in what i posted um you know i see more people just trying to figure out this and other ways that they can use this for censorship resistance not trying to pretend like here's an instruction manual but this works this doesn't so when the right time comes around um people can uh, use that or or build on it as they need to. But also I think like a really important thing is keeping the narrative and keeping the the focus around, you know, what is this really for? It is not, in my opinion, a way to buy coffee or a competitor to PayPal. It's self-sovereign money and and it's a a network that, you know, gives you true autonomy and censorship resistance and all that sort of stuff. Um, And so, you know, just keeping the focus on that and and everyone picking up their piece and, and keeping it uh, keep in the conversation about that. I think it's really important. If you look at something like, say, if um, UA, I think that clearly kind of communicated, look, at the unis, users wear the pants here. You know, the users are the people that decide what this technology is about and where it will go. And I think it's very important to, to, to you know, even a, in a silly way, like kind of what I'm doing, keep that conversation about, look, this is what it is used for. This is what it's about. This is where we should be focusing. And um, so, yeah, you know, I just want to play my little part in trying to keep that conversation focused on that and get some energy around it. And, you know, I'm happy that in its own small way it seems to have done that.
0: Yeah, no, I think I agree with you very much. Actually, while we're on that topic of you know the why and the philosophy behind it, do you want to comment a little bit on maybe who are some of your influences, whether they're like from an economic point of view or philosophically? What's kind of driving your involvement and your interest I mean, in all of I think
1: like to me it comes back to that original the thing that got me into it, which is the the Silk Road thing. And, and by that, and I'm not meaning this is all about buying drugs and doing illegal stuff. It's more that, that this could operate. Like, you know, from my professional background, I know something of that scale, if they could shut it down, they would have, you know, well before they, they did. And and really, if you look into how they did it, it had nothing to do with the technology. It was just, you know, plain old um, sort of common sense, old school policing stuff that they've been using you know, forever. Um, so, um, you know, I think that is, is a pretty um, – that is a pretty significant um, thing about. it. To me, it all comes back to that's what it's about. It's about providing that censorship resistance and keeping the focus on um, on on uh, enabling things. Yeah, you know, I think Eric Voskell said it pretty well. And uh, when I saw him talk at Honey Badger this year, it's about the grey markets. You know, and that's again, it's not necessarily meaning drugs and illegal stuff. It's things like um, if you Google uh, Operation Strangleholds occupation choke point string hole I always get the mixed up the one that was basically shutting down um, financial access even to bank accounts for, for porn stars you know doing nothing illegal it was just viewed as, as a high risk or a um, you know whatever their reason was and that wasn't even really clear these people were getting denied access to financial services um, No, you know this is obviously a, a controversial topic as well but I think something like gab um, recently you know has been a, a pretty good illustration of that about you um, it's pretty scary to me that how uh, and, and you know I'm no fan of this guy but Alex Jones is another one how all these tech companies can come together and shut these people down very quickly when they decide that you know they, they, they don't want them to talk anymore. And so um you know that's something that I think everyone should be, you know, that's it's really a lot more of the conversation the focus of Bitcoin should be because that's its killer app, you know, not not making us tons of money or Lambos. It's enabling those sort of things there. So so to me that's the why of Bitcoin. That's what I think is really interesting about it. Um you know, I've, as I said, I, I've certainly uh, over the past explored, you know, plenty of other cryptos and things like that as you do. But, I, you know, I think Bitcoin still has the developer community, but most importantly, the uh, what I've seen going to a lot of conferences here is it has the right culture and the right um, kind of ethos or the, has the right people thinking about the right things are more concentrated in Bitcoin than any other crypto, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I think that's a very important part about it as well is, is this is you know the the, the the big one bitcoin this is what the conversation needs to be about because if it is just you know taken another direction or the narrative goes another way you know this is going to evolve into just a, a shitty version of paypal rather than something that could really fundamentally change the world and i think that uh, those sort of things i'm talking about are ones so so to me it's been people like amiataki um cody wilson um certainly um A lot of, um, you know, those guys like right when I first got into it were the people that got me thinking in the right zone about um, what this is really about. And certainly this year, you know, people like Eric Vosco, you know, I've only really become aware of him and Francis Puglio and definitely um, uh, Michael Goldstein and uh, Pierre Richard as well, you know, talking about not just the sensitive resistance stuff, but also the sound money, which I think is a very important and um, uh, under-exploited angle as well about why, yeah, Bitcoin should mean something, but that—that that's other things I'm still getting my head around. I, I don't pretend to, to have an, a really in-depth knowledge of Austrian economics, but it's something which I think is, is another valid kind of part of the puzzle.
0: Yeah, sure. Have you have you read uh, any Austrian books, just out uh, of curiosity? Uh,
1: just making my way through. Um, like I've read uh, "What Has Government uh, Done with A Gun to Our Money" by Rothbard. I'm making my way through some of um, Guido Husmann's ethics of Money Production" right now, um, and I've read yeah you know, quite a few articles on the Mises Institute. But um, you know, I think that the big problem um, nowadays is just too much time, too much to read. So too little time, too much to read. And um, my five cents is um, look. I think the the most important thing to know in the space is is the programming. Uh, you know, this is obviously a point of contention, but I think that's as close to a tangible thing that you can hold and measure and value in the space is your, your knowledge of code and your ability to, to utilize it, um, to, you know, to, to really manifest your will, if you like. So I'm, trying to focus my energy there as much as possible and i've got a very <laughs> large mountain in front of me but uh that's kind of i'm trying to make my way through as much austrian stuff as possible but to me yeah you know, python mastering how to um program is is the most important thing um, that you should do at this stage
0: okay and then how about any advice for listeners who want to go and do their own experiments with gotenna and samurai
1: wallet yeah i mean look i i i Definitely hope people do it. Um, you know, I don't want to be like the go guy who's the only person in the world doing it or whatever. Um, uh, you know, they're pretty easy to get. It's, it's pretty fun. People obviously seem to care. So, you know, it's not like you're going to post it and no one's going to care about the five hours you spent. People seem to be pretty engaged about it. Um, there's a lot of cool creative stuff you can do with this if you put your mind to it, and, and I've only really just started doing that. But there's some amazing um, things you can um, do with that. But the other thing I'd say is, is look, don't be afraid to hit up um, the GoTenner guys or the Samurai Wallet guys if you are doing that and need some help. They've been super helpful for me. I know they're working on a couple of ideas about how they could address some of the um, UX and just um, general overarching limitations that this technology has or this setup has. Um, so I think the more people that are getting out there testing it and giving them some feedback, I know they've certainly said that they're quite appreciative about some of the difficulties or ideas that i found through using it. So I think the more people that get out there and use it, the better. But most importantly, this is a mesh network, you know, so these things have got to be plugged on and, and sitting around uh, for this thing to have its power. Um, if, you know, you had enough people within a certain uh, square kilometre of a um, urban city, you know, this thing is, has the real uh, ability to travel tens or hundreds of kilometres or whatever. But if you're the only person in town using it, it's it's not going to be that useful. So So the more people that get it, and and are familiar with it and try and use it I think the better off we're going to be maybe there's competing products maybe you know there's other things here but this is a company which has taken an active interest in Bitcoin uh, that wants to help this thing happen and I think it's pretty um it would be a worthwhile endeavor to try and uh return that um interest by you know building on it and trying to see what else we can come up with it
0: yeah i think it's a really interesting story and i think people people are motivated by stories so it's 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 a good way it's a good thing you've done to put these into a thread and kind of build a narrative around it
1: yeah thanks i mean that's exactly what i was thinking was you know like I said i think stories are very important i think it's something that's very underutilized, unrecognized in the space about just how important the the meaning and the message behind some some of these things is. It's not just the technology, um, and yeah, that's what I was hoping to do. So, really great to hear that you think that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, look, uh, how can people follow you?
1: Um, so um, uh, if, probably the best way to get me is just on Twitter, um, NZ at Twitter. I mean, I guess you're gonna have the link to that in here. Um, that there will be um that's probably the best way to get me um yeah I, I, hopefully i'm going to put this all together in a medium post, um and maybe that's going to be something in the future but I want to get some quality content and something that's worth composing a post out of first so that might take a, a couple of months um one thing i would like to just have the opportunity to mention while i got you here if i can um so this hf thing radio thing i was talking about um doing um i think Uh, like next up I said uh, he was working on it again in February and I'm going to try and learn as much as I can between now and then but what I would really like if there's anyone out there listening to this on the east coast of Australia um, Sydney would probably be ideal um, but anywhere on the east coast I would really like to work towards sending a um, Bitcoin transaction Tran Tasman so that's about 2,200 kilometers which is possible through um, HF radio so um, obviously that's pretty hard to organize if it's just you and, and and yourself and your friends over here if there's anyone that's listening that's interested on the east coast of australia that would like to help out as being the other end of that um, in whatever way possible that would be really appreciated so if if there's anyone that fits that thing could you please give me a dm over twitter i, I really like that
0: oh that'd be fantastic yeah let's uh, definitely hope uh, some listeners out there uh, are <laughs> keen to get involved with that all right, well, I think that's pretty much going to do it for this episode. So, thanks very much for coming on, Rigel.
1: No, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's been a real pleasure, and um, I really appreciate it. I hope you found some of
0: Rigel's stories interesting, like I did. Maybe some of you will be inspired to go out and try your own experiments with Gotenna and Samurai, or TX Tenor, which is the product. I, I will list some relevant links to Rigel's thread, the TX Tenor site, and Richard's talk on TX Tenor which is called Decentralized Last Mile Communication Using Mobile Mesh Networks. Lastly, if you enjoy my podcast, you can support me on patreon.com forward slash Stefan Levera. You can follow me on Twitter at Stefan Levera. Give me a message with any questions, comments, or suggestions you have. Also, rate, review, subscribe. I got a five-star review from a pseudonym Yoshi Nakamoto from Uganda, which was excellent. Thanks for listening, guys, and speak next time.